So what do you guys want to talk about? I thought we said we wanted to talk about website recognizing by the time this is ready to go. Um, the new site will be via announcement as well. Our new website. Uh -huh. Okay. That make you nervous? No. Winged Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 62. Who do we have? Chris O'Neill. Mark Finnegan. Kevin Butler. Michael Turkson. I expected to go last. Mark. <laughs> Mark, thanks for joining us. Hey, Mark. Thanks, guys. Normally, when we have a guest, you know, we really thank them for taking the time and coming on, on the show. This is a show. Um, so thank you. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day that we're paying you for to join our podcast. <laughs> two-time guest with oh, Goose Digital Wing It Podcast. Two times? Oh, two-time. Awesome. Two um, cool topic why we have Mark today. So Mark has just spent the last two years of his life rebuilding our website. <laughs> Yay. No, not two years, but uh whatever it took we're going to talk about it but yes we have the new goose digital.com a while back can't remember what episode now but a few episodes back we talked about making sure your automation strategy was uh aligned with your website project so we thought while we were in the middle of our brand new website so we thought we'd talk a little bit about that and and first of all go through why we did it um a little bit about uh, some of the cool features that we think we, we embedded across our own marketing initiatives and our own um, uh, pipeline development strategies that we have, as well as the challenges that we went through even as an agency getting a site done uh, within, uh, within a time frame and all those types of things. So yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about. All right. So cool. why don't we start with the why? Why did we do this? Maybe I just want to jump in okay. because it was like, I was like, why would we like, I, I was feeling like we're doing okay. Right. Yeah. We had that. Uh, we had, we had people landing there. Mm -hmm. uh, I was not afraid to send people there. It was working like everything to me was, was working the way that it needed to. And of course, you know, we, we get a look at some pretty, some pretty crazy websites out there that haven't been touched in a long, long time. Yeah. And I was like very pleasantly kind of like happy to send people to our site. So, uh, you know, that's, I guess I just wanted to throw in there and say, you know, from a, the perspective of what is it that, uh, that the website needs to do in terms of who are we and what is it that we do? Uh, I thought it was doing a decent job at that time. And then these marketing guys come to me and say, oh, we need to, we need to sort of shine this up, fix it. We need to, you know, take it to the next level. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what level would that be? How are we going to, how are we, what are we going to do that's going to make that uh, different? So, uh, so, so from uh, Chris's side, he didn't feel like he, he needed a new website to hit his numbers, but right. let's be honest, his numbers have gone up. 
<laughs> Marketing <laughs> attribution is uh, is alive and well. But I think, Chris, what, what you don't know, I think the question is actually why now? And I say why now because uh, annually marketing, including Mark, myself, and, and Mike, we sit down and actively plan uh, a sitemap for a website we never launch. <laughs> Dating back to uh, late 2016 yep. when we launched the old Goose Digital, and we got about four years out of it, uh, about a month into it, I had already created a new sitemap for 2017. And then we never really executed on that. So this has been sort of a long time coming, even though we moved pretty quickly through our process. But the more serious answer as to why is because we felt that over Goose's evolution over the last, call it four or five years, the old site didn't properly reflect where we're going from a solution set and what we're offering our customers, which is now really about a more holistic marketing performance rather than just a focus on marketing automation. To be clear, marketing automation is still very much a pillar and a very critical one at that of our overall solutions. However, I think there's more to marketing in 2021 than just marketing automation. And we have to be cognizant of that as it relates to how to drive leads, how to engage audiences, and ultimately how to move revenue for organizations. Yeah, I, I agree, Kevin. Um, yeah, I, I definitely don't think our previous website like hindered us by any means, but um, our, our new website is, is definitely great and kind of making it a lot clearer in terms of like the industries we serve, um, what our key offerings are, and as well, um, the, 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 the key products that we offer. Um, having those kind of dedicated product uh, pages that we didn't have in the past, I think is something that's been a, a huge kind of addition to our website. But let's be honest, we elevated Mark's role at the beginning of the year. And the first thing he said to us was we need a new website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I was, uh, I was resigning if we didn't get this new site. <laughs> yeah. We needed a certain amount of MQLs. Um, well, I think that's there's some good points there. I mean, the the point you brought up about the sitemap is interesting because I think when we started the sitemap for this website, we were using that document that was sort yeah. of built, built on and multiple tabs, you know, for kind of year. once a year or so mm -hmm. of re rethinking and rethinking and rethinking. Um, I think part of that was like uh, what we were learning, obviously, uh, which we've kind of touched on, you know, learning about uh, the business and, and how to go about doing things and connecting with the, with the customers um, that we had been. So making that reflected in the marketing, but at the same time, I think it was also, can we be more concise? You know, I think one of the comments you made Mark yeah. about the old site was that it, there was just kind of layers and layers, and then you'd kind of go to another section and, some duplications or sort of talking the same thing in this area. And it's like, what's the difference between services and solutions and why are they separate? And um, I, I think to your point, Chris, maybe it wasn't embarrassing to send someone there, but it, was, it wasn't as concise as it, as it could have been. And, and I think we really didn't have a plan for those additional pages. So the site ended up being kind of a beast. And something yeah. I think about a lot, uh, sorry, Chris, uh, something I think about a lot is, like a lot of B2B organizations, we only get to engage with our leads at a certain point in the sales cycle. And as every organization is seeing, a lot of the time, by the, by the time you talk to your prospects, they've already done all kinds of research on their idea of what the solution required is on your business. And so I think from that perspective, 
the ability we didn't have or the ability we lacked in talking about our core expertise in industries or maybe even on certain marketing automation platforms or even some of these evolving platforms we'll talk about. Um, it's not that it hindered us, but it didn't help advance the perception or the or the one-sided conversation prior to Elite engaging with us. And that mm-hmm. could potentially have had negative consequences or implications on uh, quantity of lead gen, quality of leads and engagement. So I think from that perspective, it's really about accelerating marketing's impact more than anything else. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree on that. I think we also have a much better grasp on what like the, the needs are of, of our audience today. Uh, and I think our website now kind of reflects that. It's, it's definitely simplified kind of our, our kind of business model to, to really meet what we believe are kind of the key kind of needs today around kind of marketing automation and, and digital marketing in general. Um, so um, I like to see that in the actual numbers as, as we kind of analyze how the site's performing, but I think we will see it. So much has changed too since like 2017. Like I, I kind of think of, of uh, what has happened in terms of the amount of education that a client is looking for when they when they arrive. So when they arrive, like even in 2016 or, or before, and we certainly have seen sites that were that were put up prior to 2015, and it really was like basically a place for someone just to land and then ask for help. What we're recognizing now is that clients are looking to, to Kevin's point. They're looking for more um, to for for more understanding of what it is that that a company can do. They're not immediately, nor do they 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 really don't want to talk to anybody necessarily because there's a percentage that do, but I think a growing percentage are basically expecting the the organization to deliver their value proposition uh, on their website, and that generally means that the website has to be far higher functioning in terms of helping the client through that uh, that journey of of understanding what they're what they're looking if what they're looking for is here we need to have a, a proper sort of way of getting them there getting them to the right uh, to the right place um, and so I think that even since you know 2016 2017 that has has changed. There's been there's a, a higher expectation mm-hmm. by the visitor of what they're going to experience when they get there. Yeah, it's I guess it's hard to you know really put a pin in what the um, inflection point would be for let's say for our audience listening. Oh, we've had two years under our belt of, of our of our current website that was recently redone. You know, it's, it's almost like does your site allow you to tell the most current version of, of, of your value proposition and, um, you know, expand it along the way within that, that current version. Right. And I think that's where we were really struggling is the current version of our value proposition wasn't well articulated on the old site. And thus we couldn't expand the stories Mm -hmm. that we have every six months, you know, engaging new clients, learning new things, different, the industries that we work within, we couldn't really expand within that, within that framework. Um, but there, you know, you might, and so I think there's sort of two things there on our, on this brand new website where, I mean, we're updating it already. I mean, we're already updating it in terms yeah. of content, right. And we're thinking about better ways to have the pages represented in social, but in, but, but at the end of the next quarter, or maybe it's, you know, a, a, a month after that, I'm sure we're going to start to evaluate, okay, the customer stories that we have the site is actually built to have, case studies layered in, you know, those aren't 
really all there yet. And of course, you probably want to adjust those every so often with the ones that are more relevant. So there's a lot of website maintenance that that I think companies also they they don't do. You know, they think their site's kind of been built and we don't need to worry about it or look at it anymore, at least for for a period of time beyond updating a blog. And you think, well, but is it telling the best version of of your story? Yeah, I look at it like we've restarted the the cycle, if you will, right? Like similar to a, I don't know, a band releases a new album and now you've got to go and promote that regardless of how you promoted the last album. It's similar here, right? We have a new version of the story we'd like to tell. We already have a roadmap of things we know we need to add, Mike, to your points. And I, I do happen to know Mark's got a list of things that he wants to roll out that we haven't even really talked about yet as far as how to continue telling the story. And on top of that, we're going to learn some things along the way as the market, as we, and even as our audience continues to evolve and mature as far as how we need to tell various parts of our story. So it's, it's the restarting or the reclimbing of stairs and that evolution is going to last is probably two or three more years before we launch a new website and film another podcast about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think the, the, the point you raised earlier, Chris, about the look and feel, I mean, we, we use a, a web development partner, uh, shout out to parachute, uh, web design. That's Jay Eckert's company. And, um, they, you know, they tend to, I would say build, at least if, if you're willing to go there, fairly modern looking front or, or future proof, if you want to maybe say that, like our, our last site, I, I don't think somebody would say, wow, this looks like a site from 20, late 2016, early 2017. I think it, I think it held up pretty good in terms of the oh, design. I, I totally agree. Yep. And then I think this new site has some animation and some other kind of latest tech in it that I think will take us you know, the distance. So it really is, it really does come down to the, the way in which you can tell your story and, and is it aligned to your, to your value prop messaging. So that was why we did it. I think we wanted to do this both like earlier than this. I mean, obviously we've been thinking about sitemaps for a while um, and we're a growing agency. So like you said, Chris, there wasn't like, where nobody was sitting back being like the pipeline's not full. We, we desperately need to get a website done. But um, I think for the first time, uh, we all can feel like the site is the best representation of what we've got right now. Like I'm, I'm very happy with it and I, I know you guys are too. So who knows? I mean, I think if, if something radically changes in our business or on the web in, in, in a year or two, maybe we're back to the drawing board. But for the most part, I think we've, we've got a really good stab. And I, I know that's hard for a lot of organizations because taking how they think of their business and turning it into a site map that really does represent and in the best possible way isn't isn't easy there's a bit of an art and a science which is why we we wrote that site map so many times because when we were doing it we're like should we do this many pages that many pages is it solutions is it services is it platforms is it what is it right you know that imagine exercise. if you're not an agency like how do you even go through that process right Sure. I think the exercise of creating sitemaps and like our, our way of doing it is, is in a Google sheet or an Excel doc and just each column represents a, a section in your website. And so yeah. the exercise, it doesn't have to be painful. It can be really quick, but it helps you quickly break down the sections of your business that are meaningful for your audience. What do you think you would need to communicate part of that story? Um, and it's in, at times a challenge for us to say, this is critical versus not. We can 
we could ditch this concept or we don't need that one or, you know, mm -hmm. so it is an interesting exercise nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's talk about what about some features? What's some cool features we have on the website? Who wants to take a run at some features? I would love to hear you break down dark mode because that, that was a big, <laughs> uh, heavily uh, discussed decision early on in the process. Okay. I could talk a bit about that and then maybe I'll turn it over to Mark to lay out some interesting features from his perspective. Well, the site's darker than than most sites. It, it started off a lot darker. It was mm -hmm. going to be much darker. And I, I think it's probably a personal taste thing in terms of how the site uh, handles the gradient. We're using a color gradient system that maps back to our logo. So depending on where you are in the site um, and where you are on the page, it, it's sort of taking bigger portions of the various colors that are in our tail. But it did start dark and uh, I thought, you know, when I looked at it, uh, it was uh, just stood out, I think was the biggest thing. And I think that was sort of the feedback that we got from most people that we sent it to was, oh, this is this is actually kind of stands out. And, and I guess that was the goal, you know, could we have a prospect or a customer remember our presence based on visiting us and, and seeing a bunch of other sites that might be a little bit more your standard white background. Yeah, I think, I think it's a lot different than the, the likes of our competitors, for sure. I, I don't think there's there's one that really compares. So I'm, I'm very happy in that regard. Yeah, color gradients really add a, a level of personality. You don't quite get on sites, especially um, we tend to naturally play in either um, financial institution type websites or even on the B2B more uh, tax side and they're very very standard sort of gray and white palettes throughout mm -hmm. so um, it took me a while to come around to dark mode but after seeing what we have now it, it certainly feels differentiated over the traditional white and maybe one splash of a nice green or a nice blue yeah there was a and there's some features built in because it was it was kind of it, it's hard to tell but if you actually go through and look at it they map to the, to the services in the areas of the site, but we have control over some of how those gradients work in the back end too. So we can choose to have an area of the site, you know, go from red, blue, green, or if we want to switch it to start with green, red, blue. So it's it's pretty awesome from that perspective, you can get creative on, on laying the pages out. But um, okay, Mark, why don't you talk a little bit about the features that you see in here that you like that are a little bit- uh, Yeah. Too Two of the biggest things that stand out for me compared to our previous website, uh, definitely the content hub is the first one. Uh, really like how we've kind of consolidated all of our kind of marketing assets into to one hub. Um, so whether it's our, our podcasts or our webinars or blogs, events, um, I think this is just a really cool, interesting section of our website that um, anyone can really um, use to learn a lot more about Goose, our offerings, our customers. Um, kind of learn about some of the challenges they might have and how to solve them. Um, it's really great. Check that out and, and let us know what you think about that. Um, and then the other section that I uh, really like is, is kind of breaking down now um, all the platforms before we kind of listed all of our platforms uh, just on one page. Uh, and now we actually have dedicated platform pages. And I think that's really important uh, to get an understanding of kind of how we serve these platforms and then also um, to really kind of strengthen our, our partnerships with, with all of these um, platforms as well. Well, if I can jump in there, we talked about the evolution of the website and the stories we have to tell. I think it starts with both of those sections. So if we talk about the platform sections, 
these platforms themselves are evolving quite a lot too, whether it's via mergers and acquisitions or just growing sophistications. And I think what that's, um, what that's asked us to do as an agency that supports these tools is expand our repertoire and capabilities within those tools. So we're looking forward to continuing to evolve each of those pages because as Salesforce really continues to drive what they're doing, how we support Pardot and even Sales Cloud will be very different than say HubSpot and where they're going with their service sales web and marketing hubs. So you can kind of see that now we have much more different stories to tell within each of those platforms. And I think relative to those customers and users of those platforms, they're going to want to expect and understand how we can actually help them there. And then Mark, as far as the content hub goes, I'm really looking forward to continuing to add uh, valuable assets that our customers, our prospects, our marketing community that we engage with can use, whether it's how to build sales funnels or how to think about personas and segmentation. Not all of it's going to be the right. traditional um, sort of ebook or podcast. Some of it might be worksheets and sort of planning documents that they can grab. And this is just going to go empower them to do even more with their jobs and be successful in their roles with their organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, you want to talk about a couple that come to mind? Well, I think in general, I just want to talk about the, you know, the, 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 the difference is that, um, and I think the same thing has happened in terms of outbound marketing as well is the personalization. So Kevin touched on that there where, you know, we've, we've been moving very steadily and quickly towards a world where when you're reaching out to a client, your message needs to be very personalized and and uh, uh, and hit home. Well, the same thing now in terms of you know your website, you need to provide that that customer with a personalized experience. So to Kev's point, where when they come in and they're they're of a mind to to be looking for a particular type of solution, we need to be able to get them there uh, in a in a you know a, in a smart, reasonable quick way. We don't want them lingering in an area where they don't belong. Um, and I think this is just another extension of that uh, personalization that's simply expected. It's no longer kind of like a differentiator. It's like you need to have that. And if you don't have that, then, you know, then you, you've got you've got to be thinking about it. So while somebody, you know, like myself, who is not at all sort of like reluctant to send a prospect to your site, uh, are you sending them to the right place? Are they going to be able to find the information that you want them to find really, really easily? I think that's where I've come in the last, you know, the last sort of, I guess, three months. How, how long did this take? Uh, I guess that's the other thing. Uh, as you say, you well, that, that, that'll, be part, of our, that'll be part of our challenges section because it took longer okay, than we wanted to. I think. Maybe uh, before that, I can jump into three features I specifically wanted to call out. Um, yeah, go ahead. First one's pretty straightforward would be, we wanted to really use the site as a platform to highlight our key team members of various sections. And I think as the business has grown, we're nearly 200 clients as of recording this, um, there's no single person at Goose that can simply manage or even know or have the point of contact with the client. Um, it's just not possible anymore. So I think we rely on all of our team and on each interaction to best represent the brand and the company and the overall service and value being delivered. And so what we've tried to do is highlight some of those people who own those respective functions of Goose on each of the pages. And so it's not just a one person show now, we're very much a, a more seasoned team 
and we're trying to really showcase that, which I think is really exciting, but certainly when we talk about challenges, um, getting those kinds of um, fit to use images in the middle of a pandemic was not easy. Uh, thank you to our own team for helping uh, make some of us look nicer than we probably do. Um, <laughs> the other sections that are really interesting to me would be, we've really focused on curated content um, and tailored content in each of the sections and the footers of those pages. So the, it, what you'll see is called related resources, but really trying to be thoughtful around what blogs, assets, or any kind of content, for lack of a better word, um, that we want to use as a stream of, of content that makes sense relative to that particular page that was important to us. It's gonna to continue to be in our content strategy moving forward. And the final one would be trying to eat our own dog food with respect to funnel marketing and trying to use various portions of the site uh, to identify more higher intent marketing leads and calls to action um, within our own funnel so we can better interpret where the prospect's needs are and then ultimately how to get them into sales when um, they meet said criteria. Awesome. Now you guys hit most of them. The other kind of little fun ones, there is a lot of animation that's built into the site, which is, you don't see that. I haven't seen it very often, you know, the sort of subtle animations um, behind graphics. I know the one that Mark marks on one of the pages and there's like a little graph line that's sort of like hovering up and down near his shoulder. That's kind of not, it's not really a, a um, you know, a specific marketing feature as it is just more of a style uh, that was used. But I, I thought that was kind of uh, a, an interesting thing to explore as well as we have these goose feet that mm -hmm. kind of come in as you're scrolling down the page, which is sort of help guide the user down uh, deeper into the in, into the page, further down the page. Um, yeah, those are those are a lot of really good. I think those are good features. We, the other thing we we tried to do, I think, was worth calling out just from a, a lead gen perspective, is we tried to funnel everybody back to the main call to action. So, you know, there was this sort of pop up that engages um, an interested party, and it, it asks them a few questions and and um, gathers their information if they're interested. And in the past, we've kind of had a few different ways to get to a form like that, either on the contact, contact page, it would send you to the contact page or one that would be kind of present. And, and I think what we did here, as we said, this form is actually the best representation of how to engage us. So unless you go to the contact us page as a user, everywhere else that we're asking for either a quote, or if you want more information, or you want to book a meeting, it's essentially bringing that exact same form up. And um, you know, so far, you know, I think it's it's helped. It's only two weeks in to really have our numbers, but I think that was another really big move because you're you're um, keeping the user where they are in context to their experience, and not you know sending them all over the place to to do a, a an opt in. And it's, it's less management for us on the back end, right, Mark? I mean, we're not managing all these entry points, which are essentially the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the great thing is that we'll obviously be able to measure this all against our, our old website too, in terms of form submissions and stuff and how that compares. So, so as you said, we're only two weeks in, so it's very early in, but I'm kind of eager to kind of see what it is in uh, like a quarterly or, or half year or even a year from now. How, how it compares to our previous site. 
All right, so let's get to some challenges. When did we kick this off, Kev? Do you remember, Mark, Kev? Jeez, uh, a while ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a... Was it, was it in November? I feel like it was around that time. I think it was like maybe November. It was last year. Yeah. yeah. And so the process, maybe talk a little bit about the process. So the process was we, obviously we had our site map. We had a, a, a strong definition of our, our creative brief done. We had a really good uh, brief done on the ICP, the ideal customer profile written up and things that we did not like about our site that we already had, you know, things that we thought would be really interesting. And then some uh, various websites that um, I think we all kind of thought were inspirational or, or had some things that we liked. So that was kind of the, the package in which we fired over to uh, our uh, creative team, right? And then I think it was just basically a combination of getting through designs on desktop, designs on mobile, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that was just in design mode. And then I can't yeah. remember when we started dev. We, well, we had a few iterations of that though, back, yeah. back and forth. Um, we did. Um, I'm trying to think when we actually started. That was in the new year, I feel like. That was like yeah. almost February. So I, I, you know, I, I want to say maybe from like, hey, here's the keys to our vision. And we launched, what, two weeks ago, we said? Yep. yep. Yeah. So you're probably a, now there's, there's the holiday season in there, right? So, you know, you're going to lose a cup a few weeks with that, but I would say like a solid five months yep. if you didn't have that holiday season. And we moved. And so, and I think that's all accurate. We moved pretty quickly in the initial period of, of developing that ICP, really building out a strong vision um, having a really detailed site map as to what we were trying to accomplish. Like that part went really quick. So I could see how, if you didn't have those pieces aligned quickly, you're taking an additional month or two to build that out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we already talked about the photos because we have about people on this, on the site that was hard to do in a cool yeah, world. We were delaying that. We thought we would get out of lockdown and be able to do a photo shoot together and there we had it planned and scheduled but then uh uh increasing measures or, or greater lockdown came in yeah links came in and so it was uh everyone get your partners or friends to take iphone pictures of people hopefully in light <laughs> yeah putting together a list of instructions certain quality camera how far you should be away from the wall Mark, maybe we can give a quick shout out to our team who helped uh, doctor some of these images to make them look as good as they do today. Yes, thank you. Uh, I think it was Matt, Emily, and Yuta for, for all of that. Very much appreciated. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think you mentioned earlier we had over 300 posts or over 300 plus pieces of content that needed to be moved from the old WordPress site into the new site and in a way that didn't uh, destroy the quality of the articles, right? Like they came over in the same way that they came out kind of thing. Yeah, that was uh, quite the undertaking. So uh, a, a big chunk of that heavy lifting was actually provided by our, our developer, thankfully, kind of um, taking all that content. But um, there was quite a bit of, of work still on our end once they were loaded onto the website of, of kind of cleaning up those pages, doing the 
the, the read, redirect links. So getting all of that kind of organized for the launch uh, was quite the undertaking as well. Content wise, the site's not that heavy, but it's no, no. still heavy enough, right, Kev, in terms of getting the content organized. Yeah, um, it's funny you say that because um, when we started talking about content, I was the one that that kept saying to to the team, like, I'm concerned content's going to take longer than we think. And, and Mike was very much the one saying, I don't think it will. I think it's pretty streamlined. I think he ended up being right because um, it wasn't too heavy. There was a lot of, let's sit down and write this out. But as we talked about, one of the things we wanted to move away from on the old site to this current version, the newest version, is the slimming down of content. I think websites today represent a thought and idea and don't try to explore every single possible combination of solution. That's really what like the sales conversation would be for. So it was more like, let's distill down key messages of key parts of the value props or purpose of each page and then leave it there. And so from that perspective, yeah, I think it went pretty well. We divided and conquered pretty efficiently, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think that goes back to like what we've been exposed to over the last four years. Like we, we have a strong understanding of what the common challenges are, right? Um, but it's, it's and with yeah. that, we were able to kind of like manipulate our content around those kind of key challenges. Sure, we'll, we'll get the occasional one that maybe we haven't heard before, but for the most part, they're, they're pretty, pretty similar regardless of, of what platform you're working with. But you look at and you think, for, you know, Chris, for, for a customer that we would sell to that maybe, you know, has a marketing team, but they're, you know, they, they have to go down this path, you know, as an agency, we, to Mark's point, like we, we know this stuff, like we can anticipate um, the challenges that go into, you know, even, even quality control, you know, oh, we, we added a logo and it seems really small you know, oh, it's, it's a development issue. Like the average the average customer really struggles with stuff like that, you know, um, to really to really keep their, pro, their, their website on track. And we've seen some companies that, you know, their sites take over well over a year to get to get going, right? To get over. Well, they do because yeah, as you say, like they, they, they aren't, they aren't exposed to those, uh, to those challenges regularly. Whereas we're sort of involved with client sort of marketing efforts. If you just basically revisit your site, you know, you sort of set it and forget it five years at a time. It's like that, that sort of iterative process is going to take a ton of time. And so when somebody says, hey, you know, your, your website, you know, uh, a, a mobile and, and uh, uh, you know, capable website for today is going to be, you know, it's probably going to be like 30K. It's going to be 30 to 40K is what you're actually looking at. And people are like, oh, like, how am I going to sort of see the return on that? Well, you know, maybe in the fact that you're going to be able to keep clients on your website, maybe that's one way, or, or maybe there's a, um, you know, as, as Mark is, is looking to sort of compare what it is that happened on our, our website, you know, previously, and what it is that we're, we're looking at, I think that'd be a great sort of revisit um, podcast, uh, you know, down the road to sort of talk about what that would be like. Because um, I think yeah. the, the actual effort required to to uh, conceive of, to go through the iterative process, to basically land where you want to land, it's um, it's uh, it's a significant, it's a, it's a, it's a huge project, especially when you have that that intention to to tell a new message, to kind of like yeah. upgrade the message. And I think you if you're the if if you're the team, like in this case, we are very connected to 
that message in a sense, right? So we know exactly what we're looking for. I think for, I can see how, you know, a director of marketing, VP of marketing in an, in, an, in say like a mid-sized organization been around for a while. We have to, you know, we have really have to look at our website, you know, really translating that from, well, we've got a sales organization. We've got the, maybe the ownership wants to weigh in to some degree, you know, we've got a certain amount of customer service, like, you know, our, our process was, was hard enough, but we're the ones that know exactly kind of what we want to see come out the other end. And then you say, well, I'm your VP of marketing and I'm here to, you know, reboot, reboot our presence across the board. And it's like, wow, that's a whole nother can of worms that you need to mm-hmm. do even before you, like you said, Kev, like all that upfront work to create the ICP and the, mm-hmm. and the creative brief and really dialing that in so that the designers can take that and build something off of it. Um, I think yeah, we have some advantages too. I, yeah. I call them like unfair advantages. Like for one thing, we're a very like our our leadership and and CEO are very pro marketing, which one that helps. Two, everyone involved in the creation of the site is very much either serving customers or helping sell to customers and prospects. So very much understanding the kinds of conversations regularly. Sure. Um, and then sort of the final sort of piece is like the main content writers here or kind of have a strong product market, product marketing rather um, background, which helps. And on top of that, Mike, you and I each spent 10 years launching websites in the e-commerce space, which by comparison, and this site was a piece of cake compared to some of those really heavy, you know, half a million dollar e-commerce websites. So that I think a lot of organizations don't quite have the same type of experience. So to be able to move and roll quicker is hard. So Chris, when you talked about the investment to get a website standing in some cases, there is a component of time to value as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so- uh, Yeah, and I think it's what Chris said was actually that it's the having a website that um, performs for you to some degree, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's kind of the the, the little piece there is, is that, you know, people do go through your pages and do they actually make sense? You know, what is it that you're saying on those pages? What are, what's the flow? How are you positioning your, your organization? And I, I just think that that's very challenging. And that's how the, the 30 to 40 K can really go up because you're, you know, because you're into a world where someone else has to step in and fill that gap, right. To the best that they possibly can fill that gap. So I I think it it is, it is extremely, it, it is extremely challenging. There's a lot of great benefits that come with it if you can get that alignment. Um, and that's partly, I, I agree. I, part, I think it'd be great to do another one of these, you know, in a month or so and come back and say the KPIs that we saw after, you know, our, our new website, just to sort of further that message to executives of how, uh, how if it's done well. So Mark, hopefully this does its job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Or That's what I'm otherwise this whole podcast breaks down. And, and <laughs> otherwise you go back to that meeting where I said, I don't think we need a new website. The old website did better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that really, what's that Mark? So just trying to keep Chris busy here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, I think that wraps it up for today. I really do. So thank you to everyone for their help in launching this. We had some great partners in Parachute, our team who we've mentioned on this on this uh, podcast, and then 
everyone here on actually today talking about it. Um, everyone really pulled in to help support this. Looks great. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Awesome.